Hello, Lucy. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you doing? Very good. I'm very good. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Yeah. And uh, thanks for everyone else who's joining us uh, as well. So, uh, most people know me by now. So I'm Dave from Dog uh, and Hat Coffee, and with me we have uh, Louis from who's over in Amsterdam. So, yeah, it's a bit late for you probably to, uh, to be drinking coffee, but uh, lovely to, to have you here. Oh, fantastic. So, Louis, thank you very much. I guess, first of all, probably start Louis, not a particularly dumb name, I guess, if it's safe to say. So, there's obviously a bit more of a story to your coffee journey than, uh, than just turning up in Amsterdam. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually Canadian. I'm French-Canadian. Um, and I've been living in Europe for about eight years now. Um, bounced around a bit. So I lived in Milan for a year. Uh, then I lived in London for a bit. Uh, and now I've been in Amsterdam for about five years. I have more of a traditional sort of business background. So my background is in math and finance. Okay. Capital. For, uh, before coffee. So I was always sort of interested in coffee, but then when I got, when, when I started working with a bunch of, um, a bunch of founders and, and people who were running their own business, I, I really sort of got hooked on it and I wanted to do my own thing. And I'd been sort of so interested in coffee uh, for I mean, five years before that. So I, it was kind of, it was the right time and it was the right fit uh, to get started. Oh, fantastic. And we're very glad that you have because also, as well as being kind of, a, a producer of uh, a roast of excellent coffee. Patient, because I mean, you first got in contact with us last last year. This is we were ramping that Brexit was kicking in, we were just ramping down our international coffee into the main sub, and we said we'll, we'll get you in, we will get you in, and then took nearly a year. Thank you so much for being so patient uh, with. Um, I guess, and also for all the coffees that you sent over, there's some lovely samples which you, uh, which you sent us. Uh, and for everyone who's on the sub, or anyone who's Still thinking about coming up with the coffee, so I have a couple of bags left. This is the coffee that uh, that we went for, which is the Lily uh, Papaya. We'll talk about your naming convention in a minute. Um, but yeah, so this is the the Washed Honduras, and I think it's safe to say that it's gone down particularly well with uh, with us so far. So I think everyone's tucked into it. Somebody went through about 150 grams uh, today alone. So that's uh, a new record uh, for us. With in one day so it's um it's great for that well, i'm going to actually just pop in the while we're here and we'll talk about the coffee and why you picked it and uh, yeah just any, anything else about the roastery and life in, in amsterdam really so i'm just going to quickly grind this it's going to be noisy. noisy and messy for anyone who's got an ek43 it's not the uh yeah, it's not the cleanest of coffees, of uh, coffee grinders. So, yeah, so this, this coffee, a washed Honduras, I mean, out of the coffees you sent us, typically we probably have gone for something like a natural Ethiopia or some of those other more exciting coffees. Uh, but this had something very specific that we, we found, and it's, we've had quite a lot of Honduras coffees. And there was a kind of a floral, almost herby note to it that we really liked. I was wondering if that's kind of what, what picked it for you. Was that... Was there something which jumped out of the coffee page for you when you when you found it? Uh, well, there there were a, a couple of things. Um, so the the producer itself, so um, 
Augustine uh, Carlos is a very sort of well-known producer in, in Honduras and has a very long track record for producing very, very consistent, consistent harvests and, and coffees every year. Um, I'm also a, a big fan of the Lampira variety, which is sort of a cross between a Timor and a, and a Katura, and that, that you find a lot in Honduras. Um, so I Um, and when sourcing this particular coffee, so we uh, we have a lot of our coffees Nordic approach, Norway, um, and we have a, a great relationship with one of the two graders there. So we kind of we got ideas off uh, off of each other. That one particular coffee was uh, was the one that he and that I sort of enjoyed the most out of all, all the samples that we received from across the pond. I particularly like um, sort of how balanced the coffee is, uh, and you get sort of a little bit of floral notes. I get lots of, of, sort of almond notes in it as well. Um, and then a little bit of tropical fruit, kind of papaya and, and guava in it. So, so I get lots of balance in the cup, which I, which I like I like a lot. Yeah, and I think we found that as, as we, and obviously, because we've got it on, on both filter and on the plotter as well, we find it works differently on, on both of those as, as often is the case. And yeah, I think the almond coming through on the espresso much more uh, and then, yeah, some of those uh, kind of tropical spices tend to kind of work a little bit more on the filter side. But yeah, Lempira, this is actually the first Lempira we've had in, in the sub in four and a half years. Another reason why we, uh, we liked it, because we like to kind of have coffees which are a little bit different from, from what we're used to. And it's, yeah, really interesting. So that's yeah, interesting how it came about with the, uh, with the producers uh, as well. So I guess while mine uh, is, is brewing up uh, here, Kind of coming up next uh, for for Dak. So I know uh, I saw the Santa's hats. They're going to be good on the bags. Yeah. So are you going to have to put them on each bag individually? I see there, there is an individual sticker. No, uh, so the the hat itself is an an individual sticker, but we will only add um, one hat on each for, for a coffee coffee uh, that is a Christmas coffee with notes of strawberry, a little bit of brown brown spices in it. Of sugar, so, so it works very well as a Christmas coffee. So we'll, we'll add the um, the hat on the bags. And I mean, it, we thought it was a, a cool idea just to have a little bit of fun with the bags and and, and with the coffee. And it worked out really well. I mean, it looks uh, it looks pretty cool. I think. When I first saw, it, I thought you got a whole run of bags printed just for it, and then I saw it. Thought, oh, it's a sticker, but I love that. It's going to be amazing. So I guess yeah, looking at the back, I mean, what what kind of drove the um, Kind of the logo and kind of the, the coffee drinker on the back what kind of spurred that one uh, on for you so, so my wife who's who's the, the co-founder or was previously a, a branding consultant ah she did a lot of work with um with brands and sort of brand identities and sort of developing visual identity of a brand um so we wanted to go with something um that looks uh, kind of clean and has a, a very minimalist, but also um, a fun side to it. Uh, so, so it fit perfectly in having sort of this uh, very white, clean bag, uh, but with a cool cartoon uh, on, on top of it. Um, and we, uh, so we work with um, a designer in Montreal, in our hometown Montreal, and she all of the logos and the quite cool. It's interesting with Montreal, I guess 
kind of first came across each other. So we brought in uh, rabbit hole roasters uh, a couple of years ago, first of all, yeah. uh, and obviously uh, over there in, in Montreal. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've learned quite a lot about the uh, the Canadian coffee scene and and the French-Canadian as well. Because obviously a lot of Canada, when it comes to coffee, is mainly focused in Toronto. I think it's probably safe to say. Um, but it's interesting hearing the challenges of, of starting a, a roastery and being a, a coffee fan in French Canada, where obviously there's slightly different focus in terms of language, obviously. First of all, it's not called uh, French Canada for, for nothing. Uh, and kind of how that kind of moves across both North America and, and Canada particularly. So it's sometimes a little bit harder if you're focusing on Canada in terms of language and branding to be able to speak to both, both markets. Is that something when, you, when, you kind of, when you're over there, do you see that in terms of differences in coffee if it's come from a kind of a French-Canadian roaster versus uh, an English-speaking? Um, I think I think the one particular thing about about sort of Montreal and the, and the Quebec area is sort of the the very well the French language obviously but sort of the um, the pride of the French language uh, and if you operate in that particular market it's almost like it's a, uh, it's seen negatively by the whole population if you don't have your labels in in French um, but then again you can't necessarily. Uh, or you can't that easily sell a coffee that has French labels across Canada and the U.S. So I can understand that they have these these really difficult decisions to make if you sort of produce all of your bags in, in two different languages, or if you only focus on one market versus um, versus the rest. And uh, at least whenever I go home, we, we we do see it that sort of the majority of the multi roaster cafes and around Montreal and, and the province of Quebec will have mainly uh, French. Go outside back then. Um, the other, um, yeah. well, it's a weird, it's a weird. Um, been like that across all industries, and, and, and for for a weird and, and a conflicting history in in Canada. So, so people are used to it. So, did you feel you made the right choice and uh, kind of setting up the roastery in in Amsterdam, where obviously again we tend to find that mo uh, again we we work uh, quite. Quite extensively, we, we find it a very easy place to do business. Uh, everyone's very friendly and mainly everyone's very impressive English. Uh, as typically happens in England, we're not the greatest speakers, so it always helps. So, have you found that, that helped a little bit? That um, kind of in uh, in Holland, it's it's far more, kind of, I guess, easier to translate that across um, the English-speaking world potentially. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's a combination of two things. One is obviously the, the language. Um, so so the, the Dutch are, are very good at English, uh, but they also um, they also don't necessarily feel like everything should be translated back to, to the native language. So anything that's advertised in English will remain in English. And that is, that is perfectly normal at, in Amsterdam particularly. Uh, so there's there's really no need for us to actually advertise in in, in Dutch. I mean, we should, um, but there, there's no need just because so many other companies, so many other industries also do it in English as well. And then I guess the second starting a business, uh, it's really easy to have your own business. It's relatively easy to do. 
your income tax is supposed to be super Fantastic. So, I mean, it, it definitely seems, yeah. but it sounds like it's, it, it is how it seems from the outside, that it is quite an easy place to, uh, to work and to do business and, and to work with other, other like-minded people as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, I'm just going to taste this coffee just to make sure it still tastes the same as it did when I tasted it yesterday. Um, probably well, I'm going to taste it tomorrow. Oh, that's great. But so what's, what's kind of going to be there for 2020 for that? What's the, um, the things that you're hoping to... Uh, to do to achieve the uh, yeah, the new year going to hold. Uh, so we we currently roast in a in a collective, uh, which is sort of a, a warehouse type of space uh, where one individual, so the owner of the space, actually buys the machines, and then he rents out the use of the machines either per per day, per month, or per hour, uh, which fantastic for a company starting out because. That's access to uh, a 5 kilo, a 15 kilo, and a 60 kilo iron. So we oh, wow. <laughs> grow, we can grow into that space. Uh, same manufacturer, relatively. Um, and then we also meet a lot of, uh, a lot of different companies. Uh, there's an importer based in the same building. Uh, so it's nice to get started, but eventually we would like to have our own space, our own machines, and so that is plan for 2022 uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> never know what will happen in 2022 if all goes well we can grow where we're growing now then that may be well and otherwise we just want to keep a really high level of work on uh, on our, our, our roast we also improve our or sourcing uh, quite a long time create or build all of these relationships partners with exporters in specific countries or with importers as well to be able to source um, the best coffees at the right time so we we're always working on um, on improving and that, that will continue as well oh fantastic well i'm glad to say that the coffee still tastes good i know what i'm gonna have for my uh, my so yeah, again for me, honest, this is the espresso roast. We have obviously the same, different label. Obviously, you have a little filter uh, sticker for anyone out there who's got the filter. But for me, yeah, the almond comes through that much more. But um, it's that floralness. I guess that leads me to my last question for you, which is on the main. So obviously, this particular coffee you've gone for a little higher. I'm not going to give the game away, but obviously the two that we had was quite floral, which I guess is the is the lily part of it, and then papaya we've discussed and if you have a look down your coffee menu that's that's kind of a theme as it goes down uh, i think my favorite one though i have to say is i think it's is it fuzzy peach uh, i saw it i saw it today and i thought i love that one we also had one before that was a mango fizz but we have the a fuzzy apricot fuzzy apricot that's the one i just i like so what i like is it the coffee's great I love the branding. I love that clean branding. It's just, it's just nice to see. And then the names just make you smile occasionally. So uh, that's just, when you, when you look at it, you know what you're going to get. You pick up the bag, the coffee's cool, the flavor notes. It's nice and simple. And it's just really well So, I mean, for me, I just want to say a massive thank you, John, for being so patient with us to get you in. 
and then for providing such an amazing uh, to us uh, when, when we got you here. So I think if you keep an eye on, on Instagram and, and on Facebook, you're going to see even more people uh, posting up pictures and, and reviews on the coffee going down fantastically. So once again, thank you very much to you both. Uh, and yeah, so here we go. We've got Dave Jameson. Just because he's got his two grader certificate, he's going to start talking some more. So uh, but, yeah, he, uh, he's absolutely loved this one. Uh, so yeah, everybody from uh, yeah, espresso to filter to coffee professionals to uh, coffee users, they've all been enjoying it. So Louis, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll let you get on with your evening. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's really fun to do this. Oh, that's great. Always lovely to hear. <laughs> but no, thank you so much. Have a lovely evening and yeah, keep an eye on it. There's going to be more pictures of... Uh, Sure, thank you. Thanks. Bye.